This is All Things Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. And we are back today with another episode review of The L Word Original Series, Season 2, Episode 4. Which was called? Lynchpin. Yes. <laughs> so this is an iconic episode because this is when we get to meet Helena Peabody in the flesh. That's what I thought. Like, like as I was like finishing it, I was like, I feel like this is a really, like, this is a episode that people rewatch quite a bit for certain scenes, especially like the bet scenes. I feel like the bet scenes are really important in this one. Um, and then there's like, as I was like scanning through it, there was a few things that I noticed. Like, I really need to go through and do a proper rewatch, but I like also don't want to go through and do a proper rewatch because it's too painful. Um, but like sometimes looking at things with the minor care, like with the in minor characters quotations, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> that you forget. But anyway, because this is also the episode where like Shane and Jenny are like finding their roommate with the and like, you know, so. Yeah, well, and I think it's interesting how the first introduction that we have to Helena, she's literally fucking her therapist. Exactly. Like, and then <laughs> and then we like come into like this episode and it's like oh there she is like that's how last episode connected to this episode right right so i mean i'm a huge rachel shelley fan i think that she really this i think helena added so much to this season to overall um yeah. and just to see the dynamic between her and bet in this episode man poor bet she has just really had to put her heart and soul on the line this season she has really just had to humble herself you can tell like she's so used to just getting what she wants when she wants it and like she's having to fight for tina she's trying to fight for helena's like vote of confidence man she's really going through it and it it definitely shows especially towards the end of the episode Uh uh-huh she is going through it which we'll get to when we get to those scenes but it's really like last episode we saw her spiraling and then this episode it's like a very like she's still going she's trying she's trying to she's trying to like redeem herself but she's keeps hitting hitting all these bumps in the road yeah for sure and so um after the intro we see a good amount of the the gals at uh, the planet and Alice poses the question, if you had a penis for 24 hours, what would you do with it? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I, I just miss scenes like this. Like I just miss this, you know, they're them being together and like their banter yeah. and things like that. Like we just, we d- didn't get a lot of this in, G- in Gen Q and it showed. We couldn't. And even if they would have just done it with like the newer cast, they didn't even do it with the newer cast. We had so little. And it really wasn't until season three of Gen Q where they thought, where they finally like figured out like, oh, let's have them have like a family night type of thing. Because in season one, they pulled them apart with the affair. Yeah. And in season two, they were still, you know, all pulled apart. So, yeah. And for the OGs, there's only three of them. So there wasn't, you know, we had those scenes, but it wasn't the same isn't that like jenny says something about herself and kit's like oh girl you need to work on your self-confidence i love that it was so funny yeah and she's like we're working on it (laughs) (laughs) um 
a bat in new york is a is very special to me this episode she is just like aside from the fact that she's really just trying to um make some things happen she is just gorgeous in so many of these scenes Mm -hmm. i'm all about it i love it so much she's so hot i I do i bet porter new New york bet porter is such a different it hits different it just hits so different and if we could get a whole series of of new york bet porter ah i'll be i'll be floating (laughs) on a cloud um there's that just scene of her on the phone and she's like in her tank top and it's like (laughs) i know um yeah and so this episode jenny and shane are trying to find a roommate and they entered like they interview a variety of folks um which i often forget about this storyline with this weirdo that lived with them yeah Um, maybe i just try to forget it I don't know. Yeah, it's an awful storyline. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. I it's just that male gaze that, you know, lesbians are here for men's entertainment. Yep. I do love though seeing like the um friendship between Shane and Jenny Blossom in this episode. Um, Definitely. And we see Tina walking through the house knowing Bet's gone, walking through the house and trying to like basically get an inventory of all the things. That like drives me crazy how um Joyce, I was I wanted to call her I wanted to call her Jane. Yeah. Um, like I don't know, like I just like and like we see a lot of like creepy things from Joyce in this episode, but it's like but oh also this is in this moment when they're walking through the house and they see the the painting on the wall of the blonde in the bathing suit, like yep. that's Tina. right (laughs) because that's tina but also this this i forgot season two is when they did the weird whispers and you hear bet and you hear jennifer's voice goes tina 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 (laughs) (laughs) honestly i was making notes and that's the only note i wrote down and then i forgot to keep making notes and i just it's it's like spooky yeah i'm not sure what they were trying to accomplish with that but i I didn't get it I'm happy it didn't continue. I maybe like it was like a subcon like I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And Tina just going through the house like sharing memories. That's all we, you know. You do get we get some backstory to their relationship from before we saw them. Yeah. Um, Kit is also opening up uh, a weird chapter too in this episode when she's like having this affair with this married man who's the business entrepreneur multi-level marketing scheme guy (laughs) yeah it always pissed me off when he was like you can make more money on that pastry and it's like what about the little people what about the poor gay people that just want to eat the tart for two for 250 and you're making a charge four dollars for it you're scared me right um and joyce is like flirting with with tina the better part of this episode of course trying to sleep with her Uh, just i actually forgot that they kissed like i watched that scene i said Oh my God, like Laurel made out with Jane Lynch. <laughs> and like Jane Lynch touched her boobs. Right. Like I shocked. I couldn't, yeah. I, I totally burned that out of my memory. Yeah, I I concur. But um, we but I also, oh, also yeah. Tina looked really hot though because like her clothes did not fit her. Not and I'm not one for like the pregnancy kink at all, but like yeah. there was just something about like her clothes not fitting that was kind of sexy yeah and then we also are getting more insight into jenny's weird story which has always been strange to me 
I've never mm-hmm. quite understood it. She's like, but there's also this element that I had forgotten about since last episode that like Jenny and Carmen shared a kiss and like mm-hmm. and Shane is going to invite Carmen over, but it's clear like when we see that scene later that Carmen thought she was getting invited over for Shane, not for Jenny. Yeah. That whole that whole th- that whole combination of things was strange. Yeah, because it's like Shane really wouldn't give Carmen the time of day. So then uh-huh. and then Shane kind of pushed Carmen off on Jenny in a way. Yeah. And then I think that's just because like I don't like Shane doesn't want to be tied down. So Shane was like, oop, this seems like a relationship. Goodbye. Yeah. And then but yeah, Carmen and Jenny end up dating a bit for and then like mm-hmm. they just know both know it's not gonna go anywhere. And then Shane ends up back with her. Yeah. And Shane is also like coming upon this opportunity in this episode where she calls the you know producer director whomever like a bitch they hear and then like they have this strange conversation and jane becomes her assistant or i'm sorry shane becomes her assistant yeah i also forgot about that woman yeah is that first i was like why are we on a movie set tina doesn't have a job yet oh this crazy lady there and if you think about it there are so many random people that were in the original series that until i do like until i do properly rewatch these episodes like i have been i completely forget about forgot yeah. i forgot that you existed and and to, to quote taylor swift for a moment i forgot that you existed <laughs> oh for sure like i forgot all these like little storylines but also another thing gen q could never do somehow in an og episode we have a hundred storylines happening and mm-hmm. they all seem cohesive they all make sense and they all seem like tied up yep totally Just unable to accomplish that yeah my most i should say one of my most favorite looks of jennifer beals is about porter is in this scene when she first meets helena um i think she is just gorgeous i think everything is on point and i i love her the red skirt with like the pink blush top yeah specifically my favorite moment in this outfit specifically is when Helena's kids come in and they go and sit on the couch with Helena and then Bet sits down on the couch adjacent to them and she crosses her legs and her face like lights up and that specific moment mm-hmm. does something. Yeah. And she crosses her leg. I also think it's interesting how I forgot that Bet mentions in this scene, like, oh, my partner and I are trying to start a family. And like the full circle moment that then Helena finds out that tina is pregnant before but you know in episodes to come like i don't know it's true gen q could never gen q could never they could never get this amount of tension yeah this 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 weird foreshadowing storytelling just yeah. would, not, would not exist in gen q yep yep god forbid gen q knew where an episode was going right <laughs> and like we talked about before we have this creepy storyline starting with this new guy that's like moving into the shed or the garage or whatever um (laughs) oh holland taylor's in this episode uh peggy peabody has her moment yeah oh gosh that spa scene is just so funny and like she's with the guy is he what he's italian or something translator and she's like he doesn't know any english yeah that's just like i don't give a fuck but like where's my money yeah exactly please with like bet begging for money like arts is very important i'll always advocate for the arts but helena has a point like helena's trying to like build housing for like 
yeah single moms and like poor mm-hmm. people like do stuff for like underprivileged poor people and that's like but what about the art yeah right <laughs> i don't think art wins in that line of like kids mm-hmm. having proper education i think that might just trump your art project i'm so sorry yeah even then bet was like but they're from R- rwanda yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, I can tell stories but like sometimes people need immediate assistance right I so Dana and Alice I've not ever like I don't feel like I ever shift them I love their characters separately um and I think that their relationship has a very special part of the show however I did like this episode that Dana got very jealous that uh Alice was flirting with this guy they were with yeah I remember and, and like Alice, I feel like at one point Alice maybe thought it was a woman named Chris instead of a guy. Mm-hmm. And then there's also something about them like making out like at a car, like at like an amusement carnival park. I think that's like the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I always, I always ship them and I think their tension, I think all of their, like their lead up to getting together was really good. And it was entertaining and it, it, it didn't hurt. So it, it hurt, but it didn't hurt. Cause you kind of knew it was going to happen. Right. Um, and it was like fun to watch in, in like a less painful Tibet way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I always enjoyed it. And I think they were really cute together and it, it's very much like they are not each other's first girlfriends, but they come together. Like it's like a, like a little first love. Yeah. And I just, I hate that the, their relationship had to end so like tragically. Yeah. And like, we didn't get to see them together more as a couple. It's Um, one of those things where it's like, you wish they could have lasted the whole series. Yeah. At the same time, like storyline wise, it projected Alice's storyline. Like it gave Alice a whole sense of purpose and meaning for the rest of the series, including Gen Q. Yes. So it sucks. But, and that's how I feel like with Kit, like I wish Kit wasn't dead in Gen Q, but it gave Bet a purpose and a storyline to per like, and like her character gave them, it gave her some backstory into like why she is the way she is in Gen Q then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just think that character death does that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and so we spend way too much time like learning about this guy with his weird camera and his weird friend Gomi. Yeah. I mean, is it even worth mentioning? I really don't give two shits about this story. Yeah, like, we don't talk about me. <laughs> we don't talk <laughs> about M asterisk N. <laughs> As Caitlin would say. Exactly. One moment though, I said before that I really like that we see like Jenny and Shane's budding friendship in this episode one of actually my favorite scenes from the series and probably because i love the song so much is the end of the episode when jenny cuts her hair i was gonna bring up the song too yeah when shane cuts jenny's hair i think that like they nailed it they nailed that scene they nailed it with when the music started they nailed it it was just such a good profound moment in the show um that I 100% agree like I went and breathed I like went and pulled the song up on Spotify when I finished listening um and then I thought I was like this song came out that long ago and then I was like I remember I now I remember I was like that's when I started listening to Iron and Wine was around middle school was around like so it's like yeah no that song was out yep yeah I know I they they did well with that 
And for anyone wanting to know, the song name is Naked As We Came. Yeah. So. Um, brought, back, brought back some memories. A lot of, I, a lot of the songs that they used in the original run, which you can't always find on streaming, I actually listened to. And I was like, that was, you know, lesbian flag right there. Right. Which like, they use a lot of Damien Rice in season one. Mm-hmm. And I think also like throughout the the series and I'm so excited because I'm finally going to see him in November oh. and it's like I've been listening to him since I was like in middle school and it's like yeah. little me is very excited because I'm finally seeing this man live after crying to his music for years. I love Damien Rice. Um, Damien Rice is featured in The L Word. He's featured in Lost. He's featured in This Is Us. He's featured in so many of my favorite shows. And I think that that also um, shows that maybe I've always been a little angsty, even as an emo teenager. <laughs> and Laurel has a painting based on nine crimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. She listens to him while she paints, which I always thought was a fun, fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that this was a good episode. Um, again, just so much I feel like I've forgotten about. I mean, we have to talk about the twink. Yes. Sorry. I didn't mean to skip that over. I was just really excited <laughs> to talk about this la- the last scene with Naked As We Came. Okay. I'll um, let you lead. But so, yeah. So we see, ow, ow, I got a Charlie horse. Ow. Oh, okay. Ow. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I, I was like almost about to get one if I like bent my leg. <laughs> oh, racist averted. Um. Anyway, bet. <laughs> Uh bet at a bar ordering her martini with an olive um spots a twink from across the room is what like the fandom has named this person um that's literally their name on imdb they're called the twink (laughs) i didn't realize that and i was wondering why that actress looked so familiar she was in one of the saw movies so you know interesting i don't remember them but i do love a good one of the late one of the later ones probably you don't remember they all kind of blend in towards the the sixth one (laughs) the most off topic but the most memorable saw movie to me is the one where they're actually supposed to work together and they don't yes that's saw two yeah because i just remember watching saw two thinking wait if you just all hide in the tunnel like no you all fit i just remember thinking that watching it and then at the end they reveal that's what they were supposed to do and i said obviously anyway bet in the bar with the twink it's it's a brunette tina it's a brunette season one tina uh-huh tank top down to the tank top yeah i was gonna say down to the tank top with no bra that's mm-hmm. tina and then classic fucks her from behind well when yeah. they walk into the hotel room bet is stumbling she is out of it she is gone and um the twink goes this is a nice hotel room and bet's like it will do because that's all it needed to do. It just needed to be a vessel for her to to get off. Yeah. And then we get the next morning scene where she's in her little robe looking out the window playing with her ring. Mm-hmm. But that's sad. That's a sad scene. It is sad. Because like I said in every episode, Bet did not fuck the plumber because she didn't love Tina. Uh-huh. She loves Tina. She does. She does. We just, we know that she didn't you gotta wonder like did i know that okay so if the roles were reversed the Mm -hmm. fandom would have never forgiven ever forgiven tina 
or having an affair in season one. I really don't think that the that the like legacy of Tibet or the like the um fan base of Tibet, I feel like the whole the whole trajectory of how they were perceived, I feel like it would have changed if Tina was the one that had the affair. I think so too. And I think that's more, I would say like now, no, mm-hmm. back, then, like obviously we're talking about when it re- when it aired originally. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think anyone would have forgave Tina. And I think that really just comes from the fact that Jennifer came with a fan base. Yeah. I mean, Laurel really was kind of like, no, no one can tell me that they were a fan of Laurel Holloman's before the L word came on. You can't, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that, that you were Laurel Holloman's number one fan. Yeah. Before. Not her number one fan. You might've known of her Yes, from two girls in love, but yeah, no, I think you're yeah, right about maybe that. Maybe a little stunt on Angel, but you can't tell me that you've been standing her since, since Angel or two, two girls in love. Like you can't tell me that. So she didn't have a fan base. No, she didn't come onto the L word with with bringing fans, but Jennifer came to the L word bringing fans, which were major, which were a good chunk of lesbians already. Because, yeah, but I also just feel like Tina gets so much hate, they just never would have been able to forgive her. No, I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. No, I, I I agree with that as as much as I'm a bet apologist. I, I totally agree with that. But I think now, like Tina fans now, like are very hardcore and kind of scare me sometimes. Yeah, they're no joke. Now, now, now it'd be Tina does no wrong. Yeah, I mean Tina, Tina's no saint. Let's be no, honest. Tina is no saint. I love Tina, and I love that. Um, I, I I've swayed on both ends here. I that's perhaps it speaks to the fact that I'm a bisexual woman because. <laughs> all about you know i was like all gung-ho for bet one minute then i was all gung-ho for tina and another and now i definitely find myself more in the middle yeah and i think like my thing with bet sometimes is like it's not that i'm defending her actions or thinking like but i i could i i could like play devil's advocate for her a bit because i i could stand more in her position and Mm -hmm. see from her point of view like you'll never see me say like oh bet having an affair was valid it wasn't i'm never defending the fact that she had an affair but i will defend the fact that she always loved Tina and like she didn't fuck the plumber because she didn't love Tina. She did it as an escape mechanism. She did it as a coping mechanism. Yeah. I I think I'm sure we've had this conversation along the way. I do feel like Bet has always loved Tina. Don't know if Tina's always loved Bet. I also agree with you with that, and I know a lot of people listening will completely disagree with that because, yeah. as we know, we we have a lot of friends who completely disagree with that but and like and i we've talked about this before bet can't live without tina but tina could find a way to live without bet she wouldn't like it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be happy and grand yeah but she she's able to move on and like be a zombie of herself without bet where bet would completely dissolve into to nothingness and i i do think that tina has always loved bet and the fact that like she's she's always loved and cared about her right but i don't think she's always romantically been in love with her and i do think that bet has always romantically been in love with tina yes with bet it was love at first sight but also bet was already like an out lesbian so for her it was easy to fall in love with the woman at first sight where tina had to like more adjust to being in love with the woman yeah and i I don't think it's that tina didn't want to romantically be in love with bet i feel like she had to really work at like separating herself from it because 
you know, for whatever, you know, periods of time they weren't together, they weren't meant to be together, but um, they both had a lot of work to do. Absolutely. And oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, What was it? It was something like, oh, my aunt always told like me and my cousins, like your partner should always be in love with you more. Mm. And I think in that case, like Bet is that person like in that sense like there's always going to be someone in the relationship that loves you more, that loves someone more mm. and as much as my aunt always said that to me I know for a fact that I will be in a relationship where I will love my partner more probably like and not saying that they don't love you the same amount but I'm saying like th- there's like that that little push of stuff like more like head over heels in love with them more like that someone's that puppy dog eye I love you know yeah well, how, what, what do you think about as a married person <laughs> What do you th- what do you think about that saying? I think that the I think that the like the love can be consistent, but the amount of effort that we're able to give our partner and ourselves will ebb and flow, and it's never truly fifty fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's times where I've had to pick up seventy percent, and my husband has picked up thirty. I feel like for a long time especially in the years that I have worked multiple jobs or been working on my licensure for the better part of forever yeah my husband has picked up a lot of the slack you Mm -hmm. know it's just about like recognizing that you may come close to being 50 50 but but you'll never that that idea that that's how marriage is is just not real yeah and I think like when you look at Bet and Tina, like Bet, I mean, Tina d- did give up a lot for Bet, and Tina maybe wasn't always in the position to stand up for herself because she like didn't know how to or, you know, but she was never someone like she never couldn't have done it. Like if she really didn't want to not work, mm-hmm. Bet was holding a gun to her head saying you can't work. Mm-hmm. It just went along with those suggestions. I mean, I think Bet was probably really insistent. Oh, absolutely. And, and didn't want Tina to work. Like she wanted to be the sole provider. Um yeah, they're 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 um I feel like there's a lot we could say even more related to this topic, but I think in conclusion, um, they're a very dynamic couple. <laughs> they are, and it does, it does ebb and flow. And it's just like I do think though, like, no, I can't I'm not gonna say this because I don't want anyone to get fucking angry at me. I guess we'll see if people actually listen. You could say it and then we'll find out. <laughs> I know, but I, and I was like thinking, and you could correct me. Did Tina ever do a big grand gesture during the series for Bet? Hmm. And I'm not saying she had to. I'm just saying like, we we all talk a lot about how did Bet, how, how can Bet win back Tina? How can Bet win back Tina? And it was always Bet having to win back Tina. Where necessarily in Gen Q, I think Tina had to win back bet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that- I don't think that Tina is a grand gesture person, though. I think that like her gestures are more meaningful than big. Um, two that stick out is when she like had the pregnancy test ready that mm-hmm. showed that she was pregnant in se- in season one, and then the second one is like showing up at Beth's door at the end of season two in gen q like that's true that's true i feel like they're meaningful but they're not over the top that's like, true like she's not an over the top person 
and Tina was like never going to show up with like a sign like Bet did for Jody in the original series that like mm-hmm. mega sign that's just not her I don't feel like that's her personality yeah no, no but that- I do I do feel like she's had meaningful gestures to Bet. yeah no it's interesting I, I do feel like though that yes there was a lot of pressure put on Bet like from the fandom like Bet has to be the one for a while when we found yeah. out we were divorced but i feel like towards the like the um towards the beginning of season three of gen q more people were in agreement that like they had to earn it they needed to do it together like it wasn't yeah. just all on bet definitely yeah yeah so but yeah i even because like when i think about tina and other relationships there was never any no oh I still just wonder what Tina and Henry were talking about. Like she came home together. From work and what were they talking about? Right. Like what in God's name could those even like there's like that scene on the beach? I mean, obviously we'll get to it when we get to it, but wow. Talk about a stale piece of toast that man was. Yeah, I think she was just trying to be with someone who was completely opposite of that. And like somehow convince herself that that would be fine with helena but helena was yeah well you just cut it what did you say sorry i you paused you cut out and then i cut out (laughs) because when you said he's a stale piece of toast i said i felt like she wanted to be with someone who was like the exact opposite of that yeah and as you said that i talked over you and said yeah and she tried doing that with helena but and got the same exact thing and then we rolled into you then and then i saw and then you came back from being frozen and (laughs) my words like ran across your face and you were like whoa (laughs) yeah she by by being with helena she was essentially just with bet just more sexualized british (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um she didn't do very well there but she did do that with henry but and i do feel like it was just an attempt to like try to prove like it's fine i can do this i can be with a man and raise a family and like that's fine yeah i'll be fine i don't need to be with this woman who like makes me crazy and we make each other crazy and i think that's very similar to carrie yes she's kind she was decent yeah you're the one who wanted to get married you're the one who wants to get married man when she said that to carrie poor carrie oh god poor carrie carrie's on her deathbed and tina is you know sucking face with bet (laughs) yikes um but also in some exciting news outside of us talking about the show you're gonna be here in like a week in a week one week this this time next week you'll be here i know we, we got to discuss if you want to come to that concert or not with <laughs> we got to figure out if Caitlin's coming this is this episode's coming out the day before you get here so <laughs> and Caitlin has literally just been like uh, on an international trip of like I first of all I didn't even know this was happening <laughs> second of all she's still on vacation <laughs> like how long all is this trip, and how in the hell would she be able to swing coming to new york after it all i know is like one one once at one moment she was like oh and i'll be on vacation in three days and i was like 
huh yeah and all she was in in europe and i was like oh yeah like every other day she's in a new place yeah she's been in a new city like every other day sitting on a beach reading her tibet fanfic living her best life good for her still on twitter posting her gifts yep her and nita just living it up um yesterday i did like confirm i told my husband my flight is at 10 30 so i'll need you to bring me in the morning and he's like thursday do you mean tomorrow i said yes <laughs> i am going to new york tomorrow haven't packed a thing but what I'm a sorry. shit show of a trip this is already becoming <laughs> <laughs> people keep asking me like what are you gonna do i'm like honestly not sure <laughs> it's pride weekend i know that um well i did say like i was trying to come up with like the whole plan of like coming to get you and then yeah it's gonna be time to kill so it's like we'll come back to jersey and then we have to go back into the city so i was like trying to find the logistics of what what's the best combo of going in and out and then back in yeah. and then um and then like what time is the concert at like yeah. and it's like and I was like, well, Britt even want to come to the concert? Maybe, like, I don't know. Like, it's up to you. Like, you could totally come if you want. You don't have to come if you decide that you need to, like, nap. <laughs> or you could, No, like, I feel like that might be the night that I go to Wicked. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. We Unless you want to come Wicked. with me. We could figure that out, too. I mean, if you want to go to Wicked Thursday, that's totally cool. I've seen Wicked so many times. That... <laughs> I probably could rehearse. You could probably just jump on stage. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I could just recite it yeah um, i'm cool yeah. with that um i'm gonna have a character you. moment while i'm in while you're at your bridal shower at one point and when i i just gotta have my main character moments um and do my thing yeah and i was like I, it'd be nice if caitlin's here so like when i do have to go to my cousin's bridal shower like you're not alone yeah uh, but it's all good we, you'll fit you're an adult i you know what, you are an adult um, <laughs> you a smartphone and we speak english here so you'll you cure it out just fine <laughs> i mean the thing is too it's like i was thinking to myself like i have to know other people that live in and around new york city like you you, you can't be my the only person that i know um i do know i do know that well i do know that mandy moore's best friend lives in new york so how mm -hmm. do i figure out how to get lunch with him to be continued <laughs> <laughs> yes there's plenty literally of just like some guy i follow on um there's always you know yeah i know i know <laughs> i feel you yeah so that's it that i mean this has been another thrilling episode of all things podcast it's it's always more fun when we do it together i don't know if you, i don't know if you listen to any of my movie recaps but it's me talking <laughs> a mile a minute it's me talking a mile a minute about a movie about lesbians and i'm like this and i'm like <laughs> at the end of i did desert hearts the other day and at the end of it I, I literally said i'm so sorry for talking so fast but it's really difficult when you're by yourself like when you're just talking to yourself i just like ran through whatever i like write a little silly script on my phone like a very like half-assed script like just like yeah. keywords and some lines and things and i'm just rolling through and i'm like i have no i always think i'm gonna start off real great uh and i'm like and then i have no good facts like i'm reading the wikipedia page i can't pronounce half these people's last names i wasn't even alive and i'm like so i'm having siri read the name to the to the recorder so <laughs> it, it's a fun time if you haven't checked out my little movie review recaps we have two out so far i, I highly recommend if you want a good laugh uh for 20 minutes just just yeah. listen to me ramble about 
movies with lesbians in them but i think i'm i think i'm getting better good i'm happy for you no i haven't listened i don't know if i ever will no it's okay you don't have to no no one else is so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i think i have like I have, I have a few listeners on them. So thank you for, for the support pals. The other problem is just like a lot of people haven't seen these movies apparently. Yeah. And then, so yeah. Well, we're going to wrap this up. It's been another episode of all things podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. We'll see you next time. Bye.